Welcome to Weekend Ag Matters from the Iowa Agribusiness Radio Network. Join us for an in-depth look at Iowa agriculture. Here's your host, Dustin Hoffman. Welcome back to Weekend Ag Matters from the Iowa Agribusiness Radio Network. I'm Dustin Huffman with Riley Smith here from the Iowa State Fair. Riley, a couple days in the books. How are we doing? Well, you know for me that fair time's the best time of the year, so obviously I'm, I'm having a great time out here. Been a little warmer than I'd like. You know, you always prefer to have a cool day, but, you know, we had a little bit of a breeze going on, so you can only complain so much. Yeah, Friday was a little bit better than, uh, than a Thursday, but, you know, Saturday... Promising to be very warm for the Governor's Charity Steer Show. Of course, it's air conditioned in the arena, but it's getting there and back and forth. And so uh, it's going to be a, a little bit warm out there, but that shouldn't stop the crowds from coming out. Right. You can't. Mother Nature can't give us too much of a break. She'll make it a little tough for us for, at the fair. But, you know, there's always great uh, amounts of people here. If you want to go to the fair, you're going to go regardless of the weather. Yeah. And this is your first full, full fair with the network here. You were here for a little bit last year as an intern. How does it feel now to be here and knowing you got to come back next week? <laughs> yeah, right. So I think this was about, I think I only did about two days last year because I had to go back to college. Uh, so just already being like, man, this is as long as I was here last year. Uh, but, you know, we've been real busy. I've been doing a lot more already in these two days than I was able to do last year. I was just thinking about how much more comfortable I feel doing stuff this year. Last year I was kind of timid to do spontaneous interviews. This year, I mean, it's like all I do. Yeah, and of course we got Mark and Avery, and Mark's coming along really well. I'm sure you're hearing his reports here on the Iowa Agribusiness Radio Network. Avery, uh, unfortunately, her time is starting to wind up with her. We're gonna, we're definitely gonna miss her around the office. I mean, and she's been a, a great asset to have here at the fair as well. I mean, she's even really stepped up to that second day on, on pointing things out for us to make sure we're paying attention to around the fair to make sure we're getting the most out of the experience for the network. Right, and you know what else do you need an intern for then to keep you on track and make sure you're looking at the things you should be looking at? Exactly, but I think she could at least bring us some lunch once in a while. I mean, she's eating before we are half the time. You'd think, you'd think. I mean, I remember when I was an intern, I had to do stuff like that. So I'm looking over at Mark. He's getting his program ready for uh, for the week uh, for Monday. Uh, he, he, I'm gonna say he's really settled in today, but he looked like a deer in the headlights to start on on Thursday and. We told him when he started on the 1st of August, this is our busy month, and if you can get through this month, you can get through anything. And yeah. uh, he's really he's really stepping up his game and getting in and getting in and getting some interviews done and looking forward to more content from him coming up this next week too. Yeah, it's, it's definitely such a relief to have more people just on our team and be able to get stuff done. And, there's you know, at the fair, there's always so much to cover, and I feel like we've been able to cover so much of it so yeah. far. And we were able to get people over to the Ronald McDonald House for the service day. Russ was over there. Russ has also been our PR guy here at the, at the booth. He's been keeping everybody informed as to what's going on and handing out them tattoos and, and getting gloves to the farmers who are signing up for our newsletter that comes out every day. So, And if you, ain't, if you haven't come down, I should say, to, to, to see us, we're right next to the Super Bowl entrance. Uh, you won't be able to miss us. And, of course, we have the markets up. We'll be running past episodes of AMPM, usually the most recent one. And, of course, uh, you can get up to date with everything that's going on as we cover the fair. Yeah, if you need any conversation on anything going on in agriculture, we're here to talk. If you need any uh, directions around the fairgrounds, we can probably get you there, too. So always a good time to stop by and have a conversation. We're always here. Yep, definitely. And, of course, uh, now we've already got two days in the books. What kind of food have you been hitting up here during those first two days? Well, Dustin, everybody knows that I'm gluten-sensitive, so my options are a little limited, but I can't tell you how excited I was when I saw that they were bringing back gluten-free corn dogs this year. And, man, you know, it's been a while since I've had a corn dog, but I still feel like this tastes just the same as a regular one, so it's 
always always great to have that because what's the state fair without a corn dog? I don't know. So people that know me know I don't like corn dogs. So <laughs> yeah. you know that's always the uh, interesting situation. But yeah, I got a, I got a chance to have uh, some noodles, uh, and I'm gonna have a turkey leg next week. I'm really mm-hmm. feeling that. So it's a it's a great time, and of course we're looking for all that content from us at iowaagnet.com. But for right now, let's go ahead and kick things over to Russ Parker. My oldest grandson recently celebrated his 13th birthday. It seems time is marching on at an accelerated speed these days. He enjoys building models, so we purchased what was described as an authentic metal replica of a U.S. warship. Well, it may have been authentic, but the pieces were so small that a magnifying glass was needed to assemble the model. So the item was returned. Not a perfect gift. Ever gotten a gift that was not perfect? I bet your answer is yes. In fact, it can be hard sometimes to give something that is perfect, sometimes even more of a struggle to purchase something that's perfect for ourselves. Maybe too often we hear, oh, that's just what I always wanted, or that is a perfect gift, or how thoughtful, or it'll fit in our house really nicely. But deep down, we know that what's being said is being said to be plight. And sometimes the passing of time can change how a gift kind of fits. I just don't mean around the waistline. But, well, here's an example. In college, I bought myself a gift. Some trousers from one of the best clothes stores in town. And for some reason, I've kept those slacks and rediscovered them recently in a box stowed away in the back of my closet. Those plaid, wool, bell-bottom pants that were all the rage 45 years ago might work better for a clown suit today. Definitely not a perfect gift. Much less my waist size is six inches larger. Just to have some fun, I googled, what is a perfect gift? The question was answered this way, something that the recipient will actually use. Good enough, I thought, and proceeded to look at some ideas of what some gifts might be. Basically, all were generic, kind of fit-all template that included a book holder, a monogrammed vegan leather passport case, a bracelet with the receiver's name, a customized coffee mug, and items such as that. Sometimes I think looking for the perfect gift is like searching for Waldo in a picture of a sea of people. Makes one think that often it's just impossible to find the perfect gift. So allow me to offer an idea. A perfect gift is given to each one of us who breathes. And consider with me that every good and perfect gift is from above, coming down from the Father. I think that is perfect. Food for thought, I hope. This is Russ Parker. Have a blessed day. Thanks, Russ. And that puts the end of segment one here in the books for this weekend. We're going to come back from the Iowa State Fairgrounds with Riley Smith and Avery Haskell. This is Weekend Ag Matters. What's your idea of fun? Treating yourself to a bucket of ooey-gooey, warm, chocolatey Barksdale State Fair cookies? Or sampling the new foods on a stick? Whatever it is, find your fun at the Iowa State Fair. 11 days of smiles, thrills, music, and yums. Nothing compares to the food and fun of the Iowa State Fair. August 11th through the 21st. 
start finding your fun at iowastatefair.org. Welcome back to Weekend Ag Matters. Here's Riley Smith. day of the Iowa State Fair and of course one of the first things that goes on is the floriculture show and we're here with the superintendent of that show Alan Spencer uh, first off you know always a great time to have at the floriculture show uh, what's it like getting the show going this year you know we're two years removed from COVID well I'm glad because during COVID we didn't have a show uh, we weren't allowed to have anything but livestock at the state fair uh, but the floriculture show is a great opportunity for FFA members all over the state to be able to showcase what they can do and grow in their garden. We're here in the agriculture building uh, at the Iowa State Fair, so also in the building today are, is the FFA Farm Crop Show and the FFA Horticulture Show. So these are really great opportunities for students to be able to show what they can do in a garden or in a field. And so it's uh, just another extension of what we learn in the ag classroom. Right. And of course, everybody knows about the livestock shows when you get to the state fair. If you come from the south, that's the first thing you see when you come in. Mm-hmm. But then you come to the ag building, one well, of the first things you see is the floriculture show. And it's, you know, like you said, it's just another part of agriculture that we get to showcase here. Mm-hmm. Yep. The, uh, the nice part is being in the ag building. This is one of my favorite buildings on the fairgrounds. The butter cow is right over there. Uh, but we've had, we've had uh, I don't know how many exact kids we've had in this morning, but we had over 70 uh, students that pre-entered the fair with like 874 entries. I don't know how many are actually showing up today because weather impacts. This is an agricultural crop just like anything else. So um, the amount of heat, the amount of rain we've had all affects the way that the plants grow. But the students have had to do all sorts of things uh, to be able to you know, from watering their garden to being able to put shade cloth up to make sure that these flowers grow well. And we do the full show here. So we have we have dahlias and roses and zinnias and glads and, and marigolds and, and petunias, and then we have an any other class. So uh, it really allows kids from any aspect of their life, whether they grow in town or live in town and grow things or whether they're from the country, they can grow something in their yard and bring it to the show. Right, and it's, it's such kind of like a, a miniature version of, of farming in general because with that drought, sometimes you just got to take what you can get. Yep. And that happens with the livestock, too. You can't control every part of it. I remember years where we came to the floriculture show, and as you know, we're super satisfied with yep. what we had. Yep. But the important part is you make it all the way through and you show off what you got. It's a knowledge test. Yep, yep, and, and it allows uh, kids to uh, learn some skills and be able to... Um, uh, put those together when they bring them here and get them ready to be able to show. They learn about the proper techniques to show flowers and we have some judges coming uh, here uh, this morning that will be judging the flowers and picking winners in each class and then they'll pick some overall. So if people come to the state fair, we'll have all the champions down on the end of the table down there um, and and for, for people to be able to see and our FFA flowers will be up until the, the end of Friday, uh, the first Friday of the fair. And then there'll be other flower shows that come in throughout the fair uh, for the rest of the time. But our, our, our FFA flower show has been going for longer than 30 years. It's a very, it's an awesome thing when you get to see all these flowers and what the kids bring and people just looking over this yellow rope going, 
they want to take pictures of all the flowers. They want to see what the kids brought, and, and it's really an awesome, awesome thing to be able to uh, to have the public be a part of. Right, and a lot of work goes into it because you know, contrary to popular belief, flowers don't grow overnight. No, nope. you know, these kids have been working on this for months. So let's talk a little bit about you know the, the timing of this. You know, we're starting early in the year getting these ready mm-hmm. and it all comes to fruition here yep there's some kids that may have started the plants at home you know inside they may have started them in their in their uh, greenhouse at school in their ag program to be able to take home and transplant some were dahlias for instance they had to have those tubers dug last fall stored put back in the ground again this spring um, uh, to be able to time it because timing is part of it. It's just like, you know, if we want to have a certain crop for a certain time, they have to have these be able to flower at a certain mm-hmm. time. So there's a lot of science that goes into the, um, the, the production of flowers. And there are kids who are from uh, programs where they might sell cut flowers at like farmer's markets uh, or individually to flower shops in their hometowns. And, and it's really a... a another extension of, of something hands-on that kids can do. Right. One of the many great things you can do at the Iowa State Fair, floriculture show going on today uh, for not most of the day, like Alan Spencer said, through Friday we'll have the flowers up and you can mm-hmm. even catch some of those champions in the Grand Champion Parade later on on Saturday. Yep. yep. So, great talking with you today, Alan. Yep. Uh, good luck with the rest of the show and you. Uh, you know, for future years of it. Yep. Thank you very much. Have a good day. That again was Iowa State Fair Floriculture Superintendent Alan Spencer. We'll go ahead and kick it over to Avery Haskell as she talks with the folks at Midwest Dairy. We are here the first day at the Iowa State Fair with Allison Fendrick of Midwest Dairy. Well, first off, just, no, we're going to start. That's okay. Yeah, okay. <laughs> yeah I, I love like, it. I love it. Wait, it's not live. We get all the all chances. Right. All right, three, two, one. We are here the first day at the Iowa State Fair with Allison Fendrick from Midwest Dairy. Allison, why don't you tell me a little bit about what Midwest Dairy is involved in at the State Fair? Yeah, we've got a lot going on. We're so excited for the first day. Um, kicking off, obviously, we've got the dairy shows going on right now. So today and tomorrow are big dairy days. Um, so if you want to see any of the great dairy breeds here, make sure you show up Thursday and Friday at the fair. We've also got the Boulevard of the Breeds where you can see all of the dairy breeds, um, or most of them. I think maybe one's missing. Um, so we have that going on the entire time of the fair. A couple other activities that we're involved in. Um, we're um, sponsoring the Farm to Fair meal, which um, is happening next week, Thursday. That was a ticketed event. Um, so if you were lucky enough to get to participate in that, we'll have some dairy farmers there too, as well as Fair After Dark, which is next Friday as well. Um, and we will have, um, we'll be there, but it's also one of those ticketed after hours events. So if there's still some available, um, people can grab tickets to come see that. Um, but they're going to be able to come up close and personal with the small animals, as well as interact with all of the commodities too. Um, so those are two of our bigger consumer-facing events, but also, of course, we have the butter cow. I cannot forget about yes, the butter cow. Yeah. Sarah did a wonderful job this year, so very excited about that, um, as well as our two ice cream booth locations. So we're here at our one location, um, which is over by the cattle barn. This is our main dairy barn location, and then we also have our location in the ag building um, where you can um, try great dairy treats, too. So 
lots going on. Um, I'm sure I'm forgetting something. <laughs> I know too there's going to be some milking demonstrations as well as we help support the IMAC, which is the I milked a cow demonstrations um, in the cattle barn too. So if you've never done that that there, it's a great experience, um, especially for younger kiddos. They love doing that. Um, it's not something you get to do every day, so it's a great opportunity to participate at the fair. Awesome. Sounds like you are busy, yeah. probably running around <laughs> like a chicken with your head cut Always. off a little bit. Yes. So what do you do to prepare for the fair? I know a lot of people don't know the background that comes in or all the work that's put in before the fair. They just see you at the fair. Yes. So tell me a little bit about what that is like. Yeah. So actually... Fair planning starts clear back in March or April. So it's months in advance. Um, we start having our planning meetings then with all of our teams. We get our marketing plan together. One thing that we do that really helps elevate all of the fair is we meet together as all commodities. Um, so the commodity groups actually all get together and have a great discussion about what we can do together to make sure those consumers have a great experience through, throughout all the Iowa commodities, which is awesome. Um, and just really fun collaboration so that um, we all work together and, and provide a great experience. Awesome. Now, I know you have a new fair food. I actually have it here, <laughs> right here. It looks very delicious. Yes. Tell me a little bit about it. Yeah, so it's, it's a perfect marriage of vanilla ice cream, and then also we have um, chocolate chip, or sorry, mint chocolate chip. <laughs> I'm so sorry. Um, Is this okay? Okay, you can, I'll keep you can going. Restart. You okay. want me to restart the... Can we start that part over again? Okay. Sorry, okay. I gotta say, no. hold on, minty moo parfait, and I've gotta get... <laughs> that is okay. It's Girl Scout Thin Mint Cookies. Okay, sorry. Okay, perfect. Thank you. Yep, we'll right. do that part again. Awesome. Now, I know that you have a new fair food this year, yes. and it is actually right here. Very generous to give it to me before well, I interview. to try it. Yes, of course. I will try it definitely at the end. But tell me a little bit about what is in this cup. Yeah, so we've got, obviously, delicious vanilla ice cream, and then we partnered with the Girl Scouts of Greater Des Moines this year um, to create this concoction, but it's got Girl Scout Thin Mint Cookies, so it's actually the only place this summer you can get a Thin Mint Cookie. Um, so you got to take advantage of it when you can. <laughs> right. So we've got layers of cookie, ice cream, and then, of course, chocolate syrup, because why not add a little bit more yes. fun to the cup? Yeah. Awesome. Well, it looks very delicious. I am very excited to try this. Actually, we're going to Yeah, you got to give it a go. Right that is top tier. That was very delicious. Well, Allison, thank you so much for interviewing with us and I wish you the best of luck thank with you the rest so of much. fair. I know it's only the first day, so we got a lot to got go. Got a long way to go. Yes, but I thank you. Thank you. Thanks, Avery. And that's it for segment two of this week's program. When we come back, Mark Magnuson and Dustin Huffman will wrap up the show. This is Weekend Ag Matters. Welcome back to Weekend Ag Matters. Here's your host, Dustin Hoffman. Welcome back to Weekend Ag Matters from the Iowa Agribusiness Radio Network. I'm Dustin Hoffman. Over the past two weeks, you've had the chance to get to know Mark Magnuson's voice here on the network, and we're going to turn things over to him here in Segment 3 as he talks with Aaron Putzi of the Iowa Soybean Association down at the Varied Industries Building at the Iowa State Fair. Uh, fair goers during the 11-day run here at the fair. We also have a presence in the Ag Building. We also are in the Animal Learning Center, and we support the Little Hands on the Farm, which is also located uh, on the north side of the fairgrounds. And last but certainly not least, you'll find the Iowa Soybean Association sponsoring the biodiesel-powered trams 
that take fairgoers from the fairgrounds into the uh, eastern part of the fairgrounds and into the campgrounds. And Aaron, we're outside of the Varied Industries building right now, and we can see on your shirt it says the Iowa Food and Family Project, go. and that's one of your locations here for the Iowa Soybean Association. So what is going on with the Iowa Food and Family Project? Yeah, so the Iowa Food and Family Project is our consumer-facing initiative that we launched in 2011. It involves almost 34 partners, 35 partners, both those centric to the agricultural space, but also our food retailers and beyond. And really what we do is we showcase Iowa agriculture and we invite conversations about issues related to farming and food production. You know, 98% of Iowans do not farm, but they want to know more about where their food comes from. They have sincere questions about food production, environmental issues. We find that the Iowa Food and Family Project is a is a, an ideal way to engage in those conversations. We do it here at the fair. We always try to put together a very engaging, a very colorful, a very captivating experience for fairgoers. This year our theme is agriculture is Iowa's masterpiece, so we've invited eight um, artists, we've commissioned eight artists to come on in and, and create a masterpiece. And what that does is it gets people to stop, gets people to think about agriculture, and then to ask questions. And so we have farmer volunteers that then also help engage consumers and, again, about a quarter of a million fairgoers about food and agricultural topics. Aaron, I know when I was growing up, I thought to myself, well, I, I know what soybeans are, but I don't know exactly why they're such a big deal. So. To break that question down further, why are soybeans such a big deal to the state of Iowa? Well, soybeans are really everywhere. Uh, it is, uh, it's an incredible commodity. We talk about all the commodities with the Iowa Food and Family Project, but related to soybeans specifically, it's, it's for food, it's for fuel, it helps drive our economy. When we say that our customers are real pigs, we mean it. Soybeans are a primary livestock ingredient for pigs, for dairy, for poultry. Uh, and they really help Iowa be number one in pork production, number one in egg production. Uh, biodiesel is a cleaner, burning now, renewable fuel uh, that's also being used in aviation and in locomotives and in shipments and in all kinds of transportation facets. And also, you'll find soybeans in Skechers shoes, in, in candles, in crayons, in the food. If you turn most food, food products and labels around, you're going to see a soy-based ingredient in that food item. So it is a tremendously important food item and food product and energy product, not only here in the United States, but around the world. When the Soybean Council is at a big event like the Iowa State Fair, what are people generally asking you about? What questions are you happy to answer and try to tell people more about Iowa Soybean? Well, if it's the farmer that we engage with, they're gonna to wanna to know what kind of crop is out there. And of course, the, uh, the field across the road is always better than the one they farm. So they're always wanting an idea of where we're at with production and we've heard a wide range, not surprising to your viewers, but a, a, a wide range of production forecasts for this year, depending on whether or not you've been getting the rains and, 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 or have not. Uh, we also get a lot of questions from the consumers, primarily around food availability, the resiliency, uh, resiliency of our food system, and also the ecological footprint of soybean production. So those are, those are just a few of the issues that we engage with, and we welcome the conversations, because through conversation comes greater awareness and understanding, and that leads to greater trust. What's exciting you the most right now about the world of soybeans? Anything new right now that's kind of peaked your You know, I, I, think the, I think the easier question to answer is what's not new in the world of soybeans and agriculture. You know, so we're, we're seeing tremendous demand, uh, and we've seen that lately in the, price, uh, in the pricing now. The USDA came out and 
and they're still calling for a very robust, in fact, a record soybean crop, record soybean harvest come this fall. Uh, maybe not in Iowa. I think we've, we're seeing the, the top come off Iowa's soybean production. We had a record production of 622 million bushels last year. We're now maybe in the 590s and could be trending a bit lower if we don't get some timely rains here in parts of the state over the next 7 to 10 days. I would say also, but the, from a really optimistic standpoint, it's just the demand. It's just the interest. I mean, we, we need every soybean that we can grow right now. And that's really uh, exciting, as is all of the products and the uses for soybeans. We've talked a little bit about renewable diesel, about sustainable aviation fuel, and about the increased demand, but also in bioheat uh, in our, for, for the, our friends and neighbors in the eastern United States. Uh, there's just a lot of enthusiasm in the world of soybeans right now, and it's, uh, it's creating a lot of excitement, not only for us at Iowa Soybean Association, but most importantly, for the farmers who grow soybeans. Okay, Aaron, to wrap things up, again, you're located all over the fairgrounds, but if people want to find the Iowa Food and Family Project, it is in the Varied Industry Building. What would you say is the best way to tell people? Yeah, so uh, the best way to find us is to uh, follow the crowds. Uh, actually, I'm just kidding. There's crowds everywhere. The South Atrium, Varied Industries Building. Uh, we look toward the uh, Jacobson Building and the Iowa Cattlemen's Quarters. It's the only entrance that faces south that's open to the public uh, in the southeast corner of the Varied Industries Building. Come on to the atrium. You'll find us there. Participate in our activities. And most importantly, follow us online at iowafoodandfamily.com. He's Aaron Putsey with the Iowa Soybean Association. I'm Mark Magnuson for the Iowa Agribusiness Radio Network. Aaron, thanks so much for taking time. You're welcome. Best of luck the rest of the fair. Have a great thanks, time. Thank you very much. Appreciate it. Thanks, Mark. And that brings us to the end of this week's edition of Weekend Ag Matters from the Iowa State Fairgrounds in Des Moines. We thank you for listening in. You can find all our content online at iowaagnet.com and also find our fair coverage and back episodes of Ag Matters PM on our social media channels as well. From the IARN studios in Des Moines, I'm Dustin Huffman for Russ Parker, Avery Haskell, Riley Smith, and Mark Magnuson. We thank you for tuning in. This has been Weekend Ag Matters.